Welcome to SKUcast, the podcast for entrepreneurs in the promotional products industry. SKUcast shines a light on our industry's best work, features maverick personalities, and discusses what's really involved in running a modern promotional products business. SKUcast is the official podcast of Common SKU. And the thing about it is it's just me being me, you know, and it starts with me and, and it's not taking it too seriously, but being creative, you know, and having fun. This is a fun business. I mean, you're giving stuff away, yeah. man. I mean, look, you're, yeah. you're giving stuff away. You know, it's about, you know, the emotion and you always lose that word delight. Frank Thompson is the founder and president of Planet Logo, an alternative branded merchandise and promotional products company headquartered in the coastal town of Wilmington, North Carolina. With an infectious passion for breaking expectation, Frank and his team at Planet Logo have become a fiercely original and creative agency, working with brands such as Burt's Bees and SoulCycle. Fair warning, Frank drops the F-bomb a lot, and we chatted at the end of a crazy hectic week for him and his team, and even though he was tired, we covered some fascinating territory, such as how graphic designers make the best salespeople, saying no to the kind of business you don't want, the Dumb and Dumber movie clip that helped land a big client, and a recent project they did for The Walking Dead. We kick off the conversation talking about the evolution of the brand position of Planet Logo. You've consciously branded your company with an agency focus. That's planetlogoinc.com for our listeners. I want to read one of your taglines. We brand tangible goods with company logos to foster striking interactions between brands and their people. We're a promotional products agency, and we're here to establish your brand in the analog. When you decided to pursue this agency-driven focus, is this just like an outflow of your natural DNA or did you go through some transformation as a salesperson to arrive at this place where you think that way, where you're naturally consultative? Well, nothing's been conscious. It's kind of always been subconscious, I guess, with me. Right. So it's not, it hasn't been conscious. It's just, you know, it's just who I am. I didn't come to any realization. I've always kind of been true to myself, true to what I believe in. I definitely, you have to adapt to, to what the clients want to a certain extent, but I kind of had an idea of what I wanted the industry to be like for me, selfishly, like what I felt was missing when I got into the industry. And I entered the industry in a weird way, never thought I would be in it. So my background was... So I was an economics major. I was in the financial world. This is so bizarre, but I was, for people, they're like, how in the fuck did you get into promotional products? And so it was supposed to be like a temporary job. So I was trading commodities and I had like the old D10 weather machines, you know, like literally forecasting the weather in Iowa. And, and I was helping, quote unquote, farmers hedge their cotton and their corn, soybeans, wheat, doing hedge strategies, option strategies. Some of the listeners probably won't know what that is and don't care what that is. But <laughs> anyway, long story short, I was, I was literally a futures trader. Anyway, the, the funny thing is I worked with a lot of farmers and speculators because I was like the only game around where people literally would call me up and they'd go, hey, I want to show short, you know, 10 sugar contracts or 10 S&P futures contracts. And so I was kind of an order taker too. And it was, it was miserable, man. It was the worst job ever. And I had like two kids working for me and somebody be short 10 S&P futures contracts. And instead of covering, they short 10 more. <laughs> they call the floor and go sell 10 more. <laughs> and then I would be short 20. And and, and I, did, I couldn't afford errors and emissions uh, insurance is too expensive. I mean, I was in my twenties. I'm like, uh, just saw it. And sometimes I would just have to like hold the position. I didn't have any money. It was just like insanity. It was the most stressful business ever until I got in this business. <laughs> yeah. The way I got into this business was I actually around Christmas time, I used to do these, you know, hedging seminars or whatever. And I'd drive around to these farms and, you know, in rural North Carolina, and I lived all over. I went to UNC, lived in Atlanta, went to school in London. I'm not, you know, some worldly guy. I lived in California, lived in San Francisco, lived in, and they all knew I went to UNC, and they're all like NC State guys, and <laughs> UNC guys are considered like the bankers that finance the farmers, and there's this bad blood. 
And they all loved me because I just owned it. So I would show up at a seminar in a Zuzu Trooper. So I would show up in a Zuzu Trooper, and it was all Chevys and Fords. And <laughs> but I've always been, but I've always been true to myself. So I would do a seminar on how they hedge their, you know, crops, blah blah blah. And I won't get into the pop payments, but I did that for years. And but I used to on Christmas, I would buy them like buck knives. And my company is called Thompson and Company. It had like a little chart, you know the commodities right. chart right. and I'd buy them buck eyes and I buy them, you know, the trucker hats and they were legit <laughs> because <laughs> it was hot. It was hot, hot as fuck and in the summer and they, they really needed the mesh backing. So they loved it. And anyway, long story short, it just was like too much. So there was this guy that, that the, there was a company called house of Altry. I was in my twenties and the house of Altry um, this guy was kind of my only comp- competitor in North Carolina, and he was this big old redneck guy. I loved, oh God, I loved him. He was, but I mean, we didn't see eye to eye politically. We didn't. I won't get into that, but we didn't see eye to eye on a lot of things. But I just loved the guy. So he bought my company, but not enough to retire, but to like, you know, my twenties. I'm single. I could. I was like, man, I could just chill for a couple of years and not do anything. And, that lasts like a week, <laughs> you know? And so I called the guy that I used to buy um, a promo from. So I went to work for this company there. They, well, I shouldn't say the name because they got in a litigious situation that kind of goes into my whole story about Planet Logo. But And they're great, friend, they're great friends of mine. I said, I want to start this company in my town. They said, well, there's a little more to the promo world <laughs> than you think. I'm like, ah, shit, that's got to be easy, man, <laughs> compared to trading commodities. And they're like, well, just come work for us for a little bit and see how that goes. And I did. And they said, we love you. And her, uh, so the father of the company, before I got in the commodities business, I was his financial advisor out in New York. And it was during like the stock market went straight up. Like you can throw a dart at the Wall Street Journal and just picked that stock and it went straight up. So he thought I was like this genius. I'm like, dude, this, everything went up. <laughs> so he he wanted to hire me. He's like, this is the smartest guy in the world. He made me a ton more money than any stock, stock broker, whatever they called him back then, than anybody. I'm like, no, nah, well, okay, whatever. So he got me the job. But he literally said, come work for us. If you like it, you can go do your own thing in Wilmington. So I went to work for those guys. I was still living on the coast of North Carolina. I don't do any business here. I just, I like to surf. And so he said, man, you can stay down there and I'll, you know, see how it goes. And I started selling for them. So I was doing great. I was making good money and I was going, oh my God. God, man, this is so awesome. I am never going to own my own company again. This is, I don't have the stress. It's perfect. And then they got audited by a huge pharmaceutical company. This is before Pharma Guidelines, 2005, right before I started. I had to start the company in like two days, literally. So I came in one day and they're like, and I wasn't working on that account, thank God. They'd been audited. It was over. A, it was a litigious situation. I was like, "Oh my god!" I had my second child on the way, and I was living in Wilmington, and I was going, ah, "What am I going to do here?" <laughs> so the guy that the company I worked for, they literally like flew in because they were a big deal for a small company. I mean, they had maybe ten salespeople, and they're doing thirty million wow. plus a year. Yeah. So Planet Logo, um, I hate that name. You hate I your name? hate it. So I, I hate Planet Logo. So I didn't have any time. Yeah. Man, I had this pressure. The company was going under. Yeah. I had this clients. I had my second kid on the way. Uh, oh, man, not to get sad, but I, I got to give you one little real moment of how it put things into perspective. Yeah. So my second yeah. son had markings of – I have two healthy kids. I'm lucky, blessed – had markings of Down syndrome. So they thought he was a high-risk Down syndrome. Found that out the same week. That was a hell of a mm. week, right? Yeah. Hell of a week. Terrible. And he's fine. He's yeah. fine. But And I didn't give a shit about the business right. at that point. I'm like, you know what? I don't care. I just care about my yeah. son, blah, blah, blah. And But I had to, you know, I had to support my family. 
And I, <laughs> I went to my attorney or accountant or whomever, and they said, well, you got to name the company. And I remember writing by, do you have these in Canada, the Planet Smoothie? Right. No, I don't, I don't think they have them there. Okay. Okay. Well, that that's where I, I freaking came up with the name. Just because <laughs> I was like, uh, planet, there's a planet, and it's a smoothie, and we do a bunch of shit. It's logo. not shit. Well, well, we'll get to that. Eighty percent of stuff in our in our industry, right. shit. But it's not even ice cream <laughs> or smoothie. But anyway, so I was like, uh, you just put Planet logo, and I'm going to change that. When you know, I'm not. It's not definitely going to be Planet logo. That's so lame. <laughs> I mean, I, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know how that goes. You start your own company, and it's the last thing you think of. You're just trying to retain your clients, take care of your clients, because yeah. it's all. You know, at the end of the day, man, our clients love me and I love them and it's working for them. And, you know, you, you definitely go through that survival mode where for a second you're going, oh, God, I got to, you know, it's all about me. I got to survive. I got to survive. Right. And that's, that's human, man. That's yeah. human nature, man. I mean, I don't care. But I, if you ask anybody, man, I am like a giving person. I care about other people almost to a fault. If you look at my company, not to a fault, man, you know, I'm just different. If you look at my company, my retention, you know, my team, nobody ever leaves my company. Um, I'm just a little different, man, for sure. I definitely different. Um, I'm not the smartest guy. Uh, but you know, I think I have had a lot of things happen that have put things in perspective on, just business in general, and, and a lot of it, luckily, has kind of fallen in line with what millennials, and I'm no millennial. Right. I'm the oldest guy in our company. I, there's two of us in our 40s, and everyone else is in their – there's 18, 16 of us now, 16. And everyone's in their 20s and 30s, except for my VP and I are, are the only ones in our 40s. Yeah. Then let's talk about that for a minute. You, yeah. you once told me that some of your best salespeople are actually former designers. You, you say that on, on your website, you say, our unique blend of account manager as graphic designer and vice versa ensures that all product sourcing is approached from a design perspective. Yeah. Have we gotten it wrong in the business regarding salespeople? Have we been focusing on the wrong attributes like extroverted personalities, type A closers, connectors? Is, is it possible? that you're shifting a paradigm as a natural response to this more design-centric client that you serve? And to be clear, the more design-centric a client, the fatter the margins, typically not always, but are, are, is that just something you've consciously done as a way to structure your business so you can serve those types of high-touch clients? The funny thing, Bobby, when you ask that question is, it's a stereotype, man. Like, all right, graphic designers are... You know, they're quirky, they're introverted, they can't mm -hmm. communicate, they can't listen. And you know what? Maybe that's the case. If you take a pool, a hundred, maybe, I don't know, maybe 90 of them are that way. But maybe I found the 10. So I kind of, um, so it kind of happened uh, organically like a lot of the things happened. So I hired one graphic designer. And he was unbelievable, like, as far as graphic design. This was years ago. And he, he was the one that made me think about this. He was a great communicator. I mean, unbelievable graphic designer. He could create something. The problem with him is he was, like you said, he was, you know, he was irresponsible. He was amazing, but he was, like, your freaking pothead. I'd have to go wake him up, like, catch a deadline we were work, working on this huge project with Giatachi. they had just released this new water boiling nuclear reactor thing a majig and he came with the most incredible design and we had to get the, you know all the artwork in to get them printed and long story short i go to his house and the alarm's going off <laughs> he's laying down and i look at this design on his computer i'm like oh shit man that is sick and now i look beside that <laughs> Why he's asleep, and there's a bong sitting there with smoke coming out of it. So what happened is we had one, and then we brought in one, and we started doing some work with um, a company in New York, which is was kind of one of our kind of our breakout moments. Is there was a connection between somebody that was working in my office and somebody that was working for a cycling studio in New York. Which company Soul Cycle? I don't care. You know, go for it. Right. People can call right. them. You know. Anyway, right. so Soul Cycle, and 
Soul Cycle, you're probably familiar with. Are you familiar with yes. Soul Cycle? Yes. So, mm-hmm. so Julie Rice and Elizabeth Cutler were the co-founders, and they had one. This is kind of like a, it's kind of a breakout moment slash my design kind of deal. All kind of happened at once. So okay. They had one studio. Their person left. So I started working directly with Julie Rice, and now I don't know if you know who she is, but. She she's like a celebrity now, and she and Elizabeth Cutler are like I love them. They've given me tons of referrals. So we came up with the silver Soul Cycle bag that everybody sees in New York. You know, we we're like walking, but we need to do a walking billboard in New York. You know, I have the spinning studio, yada yada yada, and we went back and forth and spent like six months developing. Like I want people in Manhattan to see it and just show up and get, and she's just she's a badass man. Julie Rice is a badass and Elizabeth's a badass. I love them. So what happened was I like had one guy in my office who was a had design background. I'm like, dude, we're dealing with New York people now. We gotta we gotta do this. We gotta you know, I'm not sending her some ESP presentation. So I was like, yeah, let's put the Soul Cycle logo on this, and and this was the, at the time this was still that stoner dude. But anyway, that's that's where it all. Hey man, my stoner dude is where it all happened, man. He started it all. That's why he legalized weed, man. That's all, there's some good things come out of it. So uh, anyway, so that was kind of the thing where I was like, no, you got to mock this up, Soul Cycle logo, this, boom, 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 boom. And all of a sudden, I noticed just immediate. And you know, other suppliers will do your mockups, but it was like in New York, it's like now, 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 now. Need it now, need it now, need it now. And we were doing it, boom, 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 boom. And so we started out with Soul Cycle. And this Soul Cycle, there's a reason to this rambling because I'm kind of going to give you an idea of why we created designers that became account managers. So Julie introduced us to a agency that does activations for. New show launch. They introduced us to this agency, and, and the agency at the time was very small. And the guy called me up, and there was a show that never went to air. And he had a certain budget. It was like some kind of yoga show. I can't really remember the name. And he said, man, I've got to do these yoga mats, and I've got to – this is how much I have, and I have to get them printed, and I have to – Ten dollars. I've got a thousand. So you know, get ten thousand dollars. Yada yada yada. So I couldn't even do it for that. So I basically said, "Here's the deal. Here's my costs. Here are my invoices. I'll fax them to you." I mean, to print on these things back then. Now you could probably do it, but back then it was yeah. hard. They wanted the full logo. You know, the big logo. And so when I did that for him, he's like, uh, "What? You're really going to do this for me? <laughs> like, do it." your cost i'm like yeah yeah for sure man i'm just trying to help you out hopefully you'll think about us you know down the road and that's we're being open and honest and being cool and just being good man it's not being savvy it's just being like cool sometimes you get a good vibe off of somebody and you know if if he was a dickhead i would have never done it but um and you know there are a lot of dickheads i'd have told him to go you know fuck off but he was a cool dude and i was like yeah for sure and anyway so i started doing business with them Civic Entertainment Group. This agent yeah. agency had this little crappy card. End up matter. You know what? They got bought out by Ryan Seacrest. And when Ryan Seacrest got bought out, we thought we were going to get kicked out, and we we definitely didn't. And we we're doing like really good work for them. And so anyway, that kind of started our little New York web. People always go, "Well, how in the frick, how in the hell are you guys doing New York business?" And I said, "Well, I do have a bunch of fucking hipsters." You know, North Carolina, that, that helps. <laughs> I'm, only, I'm, only, I'm only doing without tattoos, you know? So they were a big client of ours. So they demanded everything had to have logos, yada, yada, yada. And I was like, man, you know, this is freaking cool. Let's just, that's when I just started thinking, this kid that works for me is awesome. And, and so nobody came from the industry but me, kind of. No, none of my employees, all 16, came from most, not, not the operations side, but even the operations side. Uh, several of those people came from the film side. We have a very creative, home, mm-hmm. a very creative office. But you made a statement about moving from pharmaceutical and those types of businesses to what's real and what's us. I'm sort of hearing that transformation as you're talking about it. As you started working with these more agency-minded type customers who were a creative design focus, 
And you obviously saw that if you could if you could get there in terms of design capabilities, in terms of what you wanted. But then you also have this inherent DNA in yourself where your mom's an artist. You've been told you have an eye for this. So I can see where pieces started coming together. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, there, there's no doubt about it. And and the thing about it is when I was doing the pharmaceutical stuff, I started coming in 2006 when we went under in like a few days. And then I guess they passed the guidelines in 2007 or 2008 which was a saving grace, like you said, but saving grace was right before the, the downturn. So yeah. I was like, oh shit, the pharma guidelines, I need to like scroll away money or I'm going to go bankrupt, yada, 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 because all my business is pharmaceutical. And then the recession hit, you know, I'd scroll away money, <laughs> back start credit cards, and equity, line, you know, but I got through it. And a lot of it was because the pharmaceutical guidelines was kind of the saving grace, but that was kind of a pivotal moment for me. A lot of my friends got out. And I was like, you know, this is actually really like, I have this creative side and I really haven't been using it as much. Like the brand managers on the different drugs were kind of dictating what they wanted to do. And I never agreed with it, but I was kind of a yes man. And, you know, it's more of a sourcing, you know, I can get this in China and do this. And then I was like, oh man, it was kind of liberating. Like I was like, now I can like really do what I want to do. And, and the thing about it is it's not, it's just me being me, you know, it starts with me and, and, and it's not taking it too seriously, but being creative and, and, you know, and having fun. This is a fun business. I mean, you're giving stuff away, yeah. man. I mean, look, you're, yeah. you're giving stuff away. You know, it's about, you know, the emotion and you always lose that word delight. I mean, dude, we're coming up on Christmas. Everyone, right, everyone right, right. loves it. But you know what? You know what you don't like? Getting a shitty gift. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and there's so many shit. You know, I, I mean, the running joke about me was after the pharmaceutical stuff, everybody left, and I kind of, man, I had this like edge anyway. So I wish, I wish I could get hold of some of my old websites. So I had this one bag. <laughs> I mean, I went on this complete rebel thing, like you know, fuck this industry. I had a website. I wish I could find it. It was like, and it had this video, and it was like this plastic shit. This industry sucks. And this, this, is what, this is what I'm paying the bills with. And, and, literally, and, and when you go to the website, and I was 1% for the planet, and, and until I found out it was 1%, I, I thought it was 1% of your profits, it was 1% of your sales. And I'm like, oh, oh, I can't do that anymore. <laughs> I was like, hold on, uh, what? Uh, well, that's a, a lot bigger number. So anyway, but when you when you went to our website, so when, I, when you go to our website, yeah. the first video was this like cartoon with this, I don't know, some SoCal punk rock, and it was about you right. know, pl- pl- plastic bottles and plastic bags. And this was like, <laughs> man, this is some groundbreaking shit. And then I started this, so I started this comp- this movement. I called a movement called One Bag, One Bottle. And it was, God, I don't know, it's 2008 maybe. I don't know. And I'm a surfer, you know, I'm a water guy. And my kids, I get pissed off when people don't recycle. And so I was like, you know, fuck plastic ba- bottles and plastic bags. You know, if everyone just carried one bag and one bottle just for daily use, I'm not talking about grocery store. You know, there's awesome people that take in 10 bags. And I don't even do that, but I recycled. But anyway, but I was like for day-to-day use, one bag, one bottle, one water bottle. And then I refused <laughs> to sell any, you know, branded plastic bottles. I wouldn't sell plastic bags. I yeah. still don't do <laughs> I still don't do the plastic bags, the plastic bottles. I kind of said no, I'm not doing not doing it and then I kind of got into it with a company in New York, not into it, but I said if you promise you'll set up recycling stations, I may make an exception. And they promised me, and I didn't make them send me photos. I think that may have made me lose the client. But so anyway, what the cool thing about that was, I, that was like when I was really starting to be true to myself. Like I wasn't making any money. I had a website. But you know, the cool thing about that is it got me Bert, the Burt's Bees account. So the mm. Burt's Bees, you know, contacted that one bag, one bottle, and it came back to me. And actually, we literally just delivered, which is kind of cool. We just delivered this week for their internal holiday gifts for their for their employees a really cool custom made in the USA from recycled material reusable bag. 
grocery bag. So that that was kind of like where I started by like surfer, like rebel, ah, fuck the world, and fuck all you, and I hate, I hate it. And and the and the funny thing is the multi line reps used to get a kick out of me because I used to go, oh my god, this industry is so fucking terrible. And by the way, this industry is fucking awesome. I love it, and it's going, dude. It is gonna. It it's. I'm like so jacked about the future of this industry and you know listen man they're they're freaking you know dumbasses they're doing stuff out of the garage they're killing the industry but you know fuck them you know <laughs> <laughs> you know fuck them they're gonna die and, uh, hey, hey i may so, hey i may but at least i'm gonna fucking die <laughs> with some fucking integrity and a little creativity <laughs> so let me, let me ask you this you you said that basically what you hated about the industry shaped who you would become and would actually transform you into loving the industry. Oh, for sure, man. And the funny thing is, is I like, like I probably lose more money than probably anybody you'll ever interview. But I mean, we do well because the one thing about anybody that's successful in general is, man, if you're not true to yourself or passionate about what you do, and you know, those I need to quit dropping the f bombs, man. But I get kind of passionate. <laughs> that. And when I interview people, I'm like, uh, or Zoe, I says, do you? Do you mind up um because Frank <laughs> Frank likes to drop him when he's happy and when he's pissed. Like fucking yeah, fuck yeah. And then fuck him. So, you know, I drop I drop him all the time. But you know, the the little fidget spinners. Yeah. Oh my God, dude. I'm like, all right, I'm about to throw up in my mouth. If yeah. anybody sells these fidget spinners, I'm gonna fucking kill you. And <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so we we have these reps come in all the time from, you know, and I love, God bless them. And they bring in the fidget spinner pen and dude, everybody in my company just look at me and I go, oh my Jesus God, what in the fuck are we doing? <laughs> so, but the, the the running joke, and you can ask like multi-line reps or other people in the industry that know me, they just, and th- listen, man, I'm having fun, man. I love everyone. I love this industry, man. I I freaking love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. I have so much fun and it's just fun. I mean, how can you not? So the funny thing is when I walked, like I literally, my, my company people think I'm insane because, you know, I go to Vegas, we like go out with people, we party all night and they're like, dude, I don't see how you just do that entire show. You're like a freak. And the thing is, I say it's easy because I walked out most of the roads with my middle finger up because I skipped like 80%. I skip eighty percent of the people, and the multi line reps would just see me, and they would they actually they actually made that up that I would do that. But I literally would walk every row, and then like new people that would come with me, I go fuck down, fuck down. That sucks. That sucks. That sucks. <laughs> terrible, terrible. They're like, oh, why are we here? I was like, uh, just to have fun, and you always find, <laughs> and you always find like the one. It's crazy, and I haven't been able to go the last two years because three years. This will be third year because. My son, my older son, and I go on a surf trip in Mexico. And a friend of mine from San Fran's parents have a free house. It's super sweet. So I haven't been able to go to Vegas, but I literally always find like that one or two, one or two suppliers because I we're kind of known for finding people outside of the industry. So yeah. I've cultivated, curated, whatever you want to say, uh, relationships outside of ASI and PPAI. And I used to do a ton, like our percentages, I don't know what they were, but you know, you remember the jam box? I'll give you a perfect example. Do you remember the jam box by jawbone? Yes. You know, they don't even make it anymore. So I found out about, I read some, I'm in my forties now, so I'm no millennial, but I like keep up on like techie stuff and when the jam box came out and I called those guys immediately and I did a huge order for a president's club meeting for a pharmaceutical company and I bought them <laughs> on an R. <laughs> everyone, everyone out there don't know what that means. Wow. You know, directly. Wow. They're like, what, what industry are you in? And I'm like, uh, you know, corporate markets, yada, yada, yada. And I think we bought. And it wasn't president's club. I'm sorry. It was a national salesman. It was like 850. I had them etched. They're metal. It was the little, that was the first one. Those rubbers, pad printed. We did tears around. Yeah. The next year, you know, you go to PPAI, there's an electronics distributor. <laughs> you go from making 40 points to like 10 points. 
You know, so <laughs> so we had several instances where we, you know, and now my the the people that work with me, I don't like to say work for me because our we're a team and we're a family, but they are like they're we're, we have a we, we use Slack, so we have. A, are you familiar with Slack? Yes. So we have like these different channels. We have I'm looking at it right now. We have a cool shit channel. We have a design. <laughs> Yeah, we have a design channel. Here's a new one. Attention Walmart shoppers. Those are like <laughs> memes with Walmart shoppers. Uh, we have a meme drawer. We have a, it got so out of control. We had that create a meme drawer like with the craziest <laughs> memes. But anyway, so so the cool shit channel is like where we do stuff and I like literally for the most part the stuff outside of the industry because that's that's kind yeah, of what yeah. you know, it doesn't ASI is great. And it's not so great. Uh, (laughs) You know what I mean. Everybody's kind of doing the same thing. So another tagline I want to read. We have a passion for incubating Spark through ideation and collaboration. Our awareness of cutting edge industry capabilities fuels fresh perspective and a knack for breaking expectation. We're not here to reinvent the wheel, but we will repurpose it. Does your team, do you guys have a creative brief for clients that you follow that you go through? Or is this more of an intuitive process for each of your, you and your team? Man, it's, you know, it's funny that you asked that question because, you know, I, I love what we're saying. And, you know, I, I told you earlier, you know, I went to this digital summit in Charlotte and they said, you know, your website, a fifth grader should be able to read your website. I'm like, uh, that's not going to work for us. The funny thing was my I was meeting my accountant about planning for next year, you know, some of the things that we put in place. And and look, I'm not here to – yeah, actually, you know what? I'm going to – it doesn't matter. Everybody that's probably listening is buying your software, but your software right. is freaking awesome. Like that's how we're figuring out we, – we I was like, you know, we're trying to scale. We're trying to do this and – you know, and the and the thing about it, some of the things that we say, a lot of people don't get, and a lot of the buyers, God, this is gonna sound bad, man. Like this guy's an asshole, and he's kind of thinking his company's like, you know, hot shit. And it, it's not that. It's it's kind of the way that we think, and we think that we're. I, can, I think it comes across as a little smart and a little innovative, and we've had a little internal back and forth about as eh, maybe a little over the top. But the clients said, "No, us." We're not assholes, and we're we're down to earth. We're cool people. We want the client. We want things to be cool, fun, and easy. You know, it's it's not. It's just the ideas. It's the process, and the thing that we. But the thing about with you guys is, so we've had. You know, we we had this kind of massive growth in the last couple of years and then we're like oh my god i mean how are we going to scale and we were trying to recreate programs in house and you know and listen i'm all for trying to do it yourself and the ambition of people and and we don't you know there's 16 of us so we didn't have really the resources to, to do it and it's nobody's fault but you know i guess mine but trying to do this and and common skew thing was like Okay, here's how we're going to scale. Here's how we're going to scale. And, you know, the the common skew thing, it was like a light bulb moment. I was like, this is how we can scale because the things that we do for our clients, you know, it's the, the mock-ups and everything. But, you know, we have so – it's, you know, we had – we just needed to make it a little easier on ourselves. The clients never saw it because we want the client experience to be perfect. Oh, God, you know, there are mistakes. We all know that. You know, you make a mistake, you fix it. You know, sometimes it's your mistake. Most times, suppliers, of course. No, I'm kidding. Right. But, yeah, <laughs> blame it on the suppliers. They don't know who they are anyway. But uh, yeah, it was this, that damn supplier we used for the first time. No, I'm, ki- I'm, ki- I'm kidding. I'm kidding. We don't do that. But um, never. None of us ever do that. Anyway, so it's all about, um, you know, right now, our focus is we've got what you said is we've got this this brand i think and and the, and the people that appreciate it are i guess are the some of the decision makers if that makes sense and they kind of appreciate our message and and you know i was explaining to a group and they were like you know we have x amount of buyers and they don't really you know they don't care and they don't they just want a, a pen i i mean i get that that's kind of so we're trying to work on like dumbing it down a little bit, but I'm like, you don't yeah. really need to dumb the site down. It's more, I was like, just, you know, talk to, you know, the client just needs to know who we are and but we're not smart. We're not. It, and it comes across in our site and we've had it. Look, I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. We've had this internal struggle where it comes across as a, a little over the top for sure. But you know what? 
we have a lot of really smart people and that's kind of the way that we think and if yeah, and the yeah. people that understand it are mainly decision makers i'm not trying to make anybody sound stupid that doesn't get it yeah, but yeah. I, I just kind of like it man i just kind of like the vibe and it just it feels like it just feels like it feels like it's really a, like who we are and but we're not snobs yeah, yeah. i mean we're freaking cool man anybody our yeah. dude you come to our you come to our office we have this big open office looks like we're in the middle of brooklyn exposed brick walls the building was built in the 1800s we only have one little room off to the side we call it the hole because we're just one big open you know we had set designers make our tables i mean we're just it, we're just a super nice, creative, cool company that we're just trying to do good things for the customer, the client. Yeah, and we you know what you're, you know what you're, you're doing and with, I, with your website and all of that branding. Yeah. You're, you're being both inspirational, inspirational and aspirational. Yeah. So it's it's an inspirational. You're recognizing the best in the business. What the what the medium does incredibly well. And then it's also an internal mechanism for you guys. I mean, it's it's something that you want to aspire to as well. Oh yeah, man, for sure. And and, and one of the things too is we're not. And I, look, I recognize that, and we've been working on the kind of the e-commerce side of the of the business. I mean, the the, the young mm-hmm. people are coming in. There's no doubt. You know, it's like we don't want. We're not going to be whatever name. I, I don't even staples for imprint. But we're I, we're not going to be transactional because one of the things that always <laughs> saves save, saves kind of uh, the, the small not the smaller guy if you build like cred on your product all right let's say you go to four imprint and I have trouble like getting through their site because there's a billion things yeah. and I went through ESP and they right. said well, we'll send you a free sample and I always joke to my office I'm like. I'm not trying to knock them. They freaking crush it. You know, that guy's bank account's way bigger than mine. But, but the thing is, that's just not us. And I go, Oh my God, I'd have to order 500 samples of one category before I found something worth a shit. You know, (laughs) that that, that pen, that pen looks great and you get it. It doesn't even fucking write, you know? And, and that's the thing that like kind of saves our business. I mean, as far as, but Absolutely. I recognize if you establish credibility within your organization of people that have one taste, you know, just a little bit of taste and quality, you know, you hear quality all the time, quality, 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 but you, you, you know, you have to couple that with taste and what's right and having the, the, the creative people, they, they get the brand and they know the branding guidelines. And then all of a sudden we're trying to create an e-commerce platform for products that we've vetted so that's kind of the next step where hey we we want that you know we want people to come to us and have that personal relationship but we also recognize that we have to have a a more of an e-commerce solution so we went to the esp and we're like uh we went back and forth and we, we said we only want these suppliers and we've tried to narrow it down because there's a billion. And, and, and the worst tagline ever is that you've seen for 10 years is we have eight billion <laughs> products to choose yeah, from. Right. Oh, that's great, Absolutely. man. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Sweet. I have eight billion products. Jesus Christ. So it's like when people, I'm like, fucking shoot me. So anyway, um, it's like when people ask for something under a dollar, I go, man, I, I've got I've got some things for under a dollar. Probably like 10. And then my favorite is when they ask for, oh, we got this request for that. And we challenge our clients. And we love our clients. And, and look, half this stuff I'm saying is me kind of joking around. That's just my personality, man. I love my clients and we did, man, we do, right? I love our customers, but the customer is not always right. (laughs) 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 And we'll challenge them. So we got a call today and, and this, this, this young lady, I won't say her name. She said, she said to one of our, uh, account managers that she wanted us, uh, and she wanted a journal pen combination. I'm not talking like a little journal, like, I don't know, five by eight for less than $3. And she wanted it to be high quality. <laughs> I was like, uh, it doesn't fucking exist. <laughs> I mean, okay. <laughs> Are you kidding me? So the fun, you know, I'm like, go buy your client a beer. You know, it's better off. Yeah, you know, give them, send them a beer, man. They'll be happier than a you know, journal. So I, you know, I used to say that to some of my clients. I, you know, but the thing is, I don't, I don't say it. I said to my clients where 
the thing I love about our team and our creativity is we go back and forth. And I love common skew, by the way. Love it. Love it. Because I can look at stuff. And, the, and then the funny thing that I love about our clients and they love about us is we'll send uh, – I'll give you an example yesterday. And so I'm involved on more of the creative, the business development, and ideation. And we have these meetings uh, – we have these creative meetings throughout the day on our calendar, and I'm always involved in those. But my 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 favorite thing is like our best clients, and and some of these guys are and gals are super creative. <clears throat> but we always chime in on what we think, like shirt design. So, boom, boom, boom. Here, here's yeah. a, we're doing this. Uh, we're doing you know this show in San Francisco, and you know here's the demographic and here's the logo just for the show and you know give me some color options and you know our, our design team the you know man they're they're freaking artists man they 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 throw the logos on these shirts and you know we look at them and we're like man that one's awesome yeah that that's sweet man that's cool and then you know some of the buyers some of the buyers, you know, they rely on us and, and we just chime in like, man, I think you should do, you know, I think you should do this one, you know, and like, they like, what do you guys think? And that's one thing where I felt like we've really, I've noticed that over the last, I don't know, two or three years, like our customers yeah. really like, they value our opinion and we get it, you know, and that's we challenge awesome. them. But they, yeah. man, that's like a really cool thing. That's when you kind of know yeah. you have a really good relationship. And, the, you know, it's like the, the thing that we say on our website about, you go to about us. I like the last line. I won't read the whole thing. I, I like this last line. We build strong relationships with our clients that are based on trust, mutual respect, and having each other's best interests at heart. And that's us, man. You know, and we love our clients and our clients love us. And, and, that's awesome. you know, and, and the thing about it is the yeah. way that we get business. And I always go, you know, everyone says, hey, we're great. We're creative. I always say, man, and yeah, I'm sure other people probably do this. And if they don't, I'm giving them a good tip. Um, I just say, man, hey, just test drive us. And I even say, test drive us on a project that we don't even ship anything. Yeah. Mm, yeah. yeah. Good idea. And then I also go, <laughs> I go to a uh, pretty extreme. We call them some pretty big clients. And I have like a tolerance of eight years. I'll keep calling on somebody. <laughs> so, but but then, but then, then I, I have that, that moment where I'm like, ah, screw this. I'm, not, I'm just going to throw one out there. So I'll give you, I'll give you two examples. One. I'm still working on another one I landed in this freaking awesome account. So I've been calling this account forever. And this is like a good thing that that everyone out there should be inspired to do. And and everyone's style is a little bit different. Like everyone in my office says, well, yeah, you can do that, but nobody else can really do that because that's really who you are. So I was calling this client, this technology company, and they're like really one of our biggest clients now. Have been for four maybe like four years. So called on them, called on them, yada, yada, yada. They had a contract with a big company. I won't say the name. Anyway, they basically kept saying, you know, it's a big company and I get this long email, you know, about we have a contract with this company. And then, then I sent another one and then they sent this thing and it never, they didn't, they didn't say no, never said no. And I'm like, all right, well, what do I have to lose? I mean, on my income statement, it's got zero. <laughs> I finally said, yeah, so they, they never right. said no in this long email. So I sent the, uh, so I, I, I sent the YouTube little clip of dumb and dumber of, so what you're saying is there's a chance. <laughs> Remember dumb and dumber? So right, right, I, I sent right. that. I swear to God, man, I sent that and, <laughs> and I got a meeting. I, I went up to the, I went up to the 14th floor of this building with my VP and I sat down and the woman said, oh, my God, I just had to meet the person that sent me that freaking email. And that was, you know, so then I sat there and I said, listen, you know, and I'm honest, I'm open. I'm not a salesperson. It's just like I'm not, I love people. I love what I'm doing. I'm creative. I'm just, and I just said to her the same thing, man. And it's, it's not that complicated. It's like, you know, let's just communicate. Start with a conversation. Test drive us. 
you know, it's that easy. It's not a, it's not that hard of a business. We make it a lot harder than it is. And I said, just give, just mm. test drive us, man. Just, you know, we're going to, we're here to listen to you. You know, we want to work with you and we like like-minded clients. Don't get me wrong. And I have people that I don't really love. And luckily over the years, I've <laughs> weeded those people out, but you know, we've been fortunate enough to be able to do that and the clients. But anyway, so, so I did that. And then right now, another one of the, my planet logo, people call it antics, but they notice me just kind of screwing around because it's fun. I mean, this business is fun, man. Sure. You're giving stuff away. What's not a love, man? It's yeah. not, you know, it's not commodities. It's not freaking CDs yeah. in a bank and it's not mortgages and what? So, I mean, dude, we're giving stuff away. So, I have this other yeah. technology company I've been calling on for six years. Man, I know. I'm, I'm, I think I'm getting close. So, the other day, they kept going, you know, we, we have these. We have a really cool, like, marketing group that we do internal, and then we, we, we have a guy down the street that kind of helps us with it. So, we do this thing called digs. It's like things that we dig, um, like things that we love, just to kind of keep our you know, top of mind clients engaged. And so that we noticed, you know, you can see people clicking in and this clients kept clicking in and clicking in. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. They're loving this. They're loving this. And so they had a contract and they kept extending the contract. So I just started sending, um, you know, the emails to go back and forth. And I was like, you know what? Screw this. I'm going to start sending her haikus. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so let me see if I can do you have any of those? Do you have any of those still? See. Let me see if I can find one. Oh, God, that'd be so uh, funny on, to read. What the haiku is. But the best part was, this is a procurement person. I don't want to stereotype people. It's kind of shocking. But, you know, only, only I can turn a procurement person into a poet. <laughs> hold, on, hold, on, hold, on, hold on, let me see. Let me see. It was one of these deals where she told me to check in every six months. This is one of the first ones. So I said, she always told me to touch back. I was like, ah, oh, it's Pope, Pope, Pope day. <laughs> so I said, instead of writing an email about how you need to need an additional creative vendor to keep your, uh, blah, 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 it doesn't matter. I said, I wrote you a haiku. Here goes. Frank checked in with blank. That's the name of the company. Ready to add a vendor? Question mark. Person's name said, yes. <laughs> And I put a smiley face, and then I put, yes, hashtag test drive, hashtag competition, hashtag the girl's name, I'm not going to say rules, hashtag happy Friday. She <laughs> she sent back the name of the company, which was one syllable, just to keep things in, you know, yeah. in, in, in line and in rule. Responded back, wait until next year sometime. We'll talk options then. That was a haiku she sent me. But then, uh, here, here's the one I sent her uh, eight days ago. Hi, blank. And then here's the haiku. So I can say this whole thing because that's no name, no company. All right, here, here it goes. Right. Checking in again. Foot. Cold. About to give up. Fresh perspective. Question mark. <laughs> <laughs> she's like dude this dude's on drugs man what is this guy doing <laughs> this is great man this is this is great you know uh but, what i appreciate yeah go ahead what i love though is that your brand and your company is an extension of your personality and you've been able to duplicate that duplicate that obviously successful well, that's good so, and bad. you know is yeah, it bad man, it's good and bad it starts from the top i mean you know listen i'm not sure the cool thing was, is it does, it starts with me and everyone knows that that's good and bad, but it's, it's mainly good. You know, I'm definitely a little bit of a maverick. I'm very passionate. I believe I'm a good person, man. I'm not just saying that. It sounds like, Ooh, Hey man, you're a good dude. I really am. Like I'm, I care about people. I care about my employees, man. I'm not all about making the big buck. Listen, I want to go surfing. I want to take my kids to do things. I want to send my kids to college. I don't care about having a freaking Learjet. I don't care about, you know, I don't care about driving a nice car. I don't care about that. So I care about my employees. I care about like building something, you know, and, and a, a lot of things like making a difference. And in this industry, it can be hard, but you know what, man, you have to be true to yourself or you're not going to succeed. And, and, you know, I feel like I've been true to, to, to who I am and it makes it actually easier. 
And everybody in my company, you know, they kind of look to me as they always call me the fearless leader. And I'm like, dude, y'all are just like me. I mean, we're all the same. We're all in this together. We're a team. And that's why I don't like to say, I mean, I don't like to say that so-and-so works for me. I like to say they work with me because, man, the credit of the brand, yeah, it's me. But, man, without my team and the things that, like you see in the in the, the photos and, and, and some of the ideas, a lot of the ideas dude it's not me man it's yeah. it's it's the it's 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 planet Absolutely. logo which i don't like that name <laughs> i want to change that name but we're, <laughs> we're in the 11th year so we're planet logo. but anyway maybe i think i'm too close to it but but it's literally not it's not me man it's it's it, it's it's the entire team and that sounds a little cliche but man i've got man i've got a killer team and man, I mean, I do. And people that come to our office, you know, come down, man, come down and visit our man. We've got it's awesome. Man. We have we have a great, we have fun. We work we work our ass off, man. And you know, we have no vac- our vacation policy is like whatever. Just get your shit done. And you know, and one one of the books that are you know seriously, like I have a guy that's going to be in California, and actually I'm plugging Common Skew. We were walking in the parking lot the other day and we were talking about he's going to be in California for a month. And we we're saying, Oh man, common is so awesome. Yada, yada, yada. We can do it. But the, the great thing is, is, you know, you were asking me about the, what was the surfing book, the barbarian book that you were telling me about. I've got barbarian days. But yeah. I don't have a Bluetooth. It's, it's sitting over on the, the shelf, but the, but I have not read business books in a while. And I used to be pretty good about that. And the funniest thing was there's this book. Have you ever heard of rework? Yes, I have. Uh, 37 yeah, so signals. I had like base camp years ago, like that, that technology. Yeah. And man, when right. I read that, <laughs> when I read rework, I like literally made every one of my employees read that, but I love that book. So I always tell people, I don't care if you have your own distributorship or you're working with one, but you know, the, that the whole thing like is just me. Like when I read, I was like, this is me, like test, like test driving people. And it's so, you know, the whole thing is people overcomplicate so much stuff. And this is a very complicated yeah. business. I mean, there's so many, you know, embroidery. Yeah, right. I mean, look there, it's complicated. you got embroidery, printing, PMS, like dude, lots of, you know, there are lots of moving parts and there are a lot of mistakes, but at the end of the day, man, you know, you align yourself with good suppliers. You, you, you do the, you know, you, you, you do the best you can. There are going to be mistakes, fix the mistakes, but but that the book, man, is so simple, and that's just you know if you follow some of those rules, uh, I just think it's a good you know a good book. It's a good book, a great book. It is great. Tell me about the Walking Dead. Bat. <laughs> oh man, the Walking Dead bat is that is like unbelievable. So we work, we do uh, part of that whole agency deal. We working through an agency, and then we started working directly with the agency's permission with Walking Dead. So the first bat, you know, they were definitely like bidding it out. And Wilmington used to be called Hollywood of the East. And I won't get into the political aspects of it, but they kind of they gutted the, the film incentives. And a lot of people split and moved down to Atlanta. <clears throat> but there was still some, there's a lot of film people here. So anyway, AMC called us and they're like, hey, we want to do an influencer gift. So an influencer gift, meaning... They send out a gift to bloggers, people reviewing the season, yada, yada, yada. And this is the first one I was going to show you. And they said, well, can you do, you know, can you do these walking dead bats? And of course you're like, oh, hell yeah. <laughs> we can do those. So, <laughs> so we actually beat out the set, the, the person that does them for the freaking show. You know, we were doing other, other activations in, in, you know, for, new show launches, influencer gifts, et cetera. And, and we've done some really cool um, activations. And and this one was for the bloggers, and they want to do a bat. And they were like, can you do these bats? They were like, yeah, we can do the bats. And we were wondering why they contacted us <laughs> about the bats. <laughs> right? so, so we called the guy right. that does the fake, the barbed wire is fake. And there's like one dude that does it, and he actually sells it to the person that does it for the actual show. And so we're like, this must be like a bid situation. I was like, screw it, let's do it. And so then we teamed up with a company that basically broke down the pallet, these pallets and made these sick boxes that looked 
almost like this is where we won. This is where we won the business. So we did the bats. Bats are perfect. And we had the, you know, we rubbed them down, made them look, you know, barb- I mean, they look just like the Lucille bats. And sort of give our, our listeners a visual. It's basically it's a baseball rub bat. It down. You rubbed it down to, to give it that yeah. dark look, and there's barbed wire, yeah. fake barbed wire, but it looks real wrapped yeah. around. Yeah, and the then on the outside, then what we did was we we had these boxes made out of crates that looked like um, kind of like coffins, and then we stamped it and we shipped yeah. them out, and people freaked out. And then AMC started ordering them, and like we got order after order, and they are not cheap, man. It's, and and the thing about it is. I, I sent you a photo today because we got in. They did it for the holidays. Let me ask you this: We have a, a large percentage of the listening audience who skews toward creative agency type thinking, and there are some that I know personally that are in the beginning stages of their business, and they see somebody like Frank with Planet Logo. They see that you're working with some cool clients. They see that you're doing some cool projects, and they're just starting their business. And so, in a way, they're 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 going to go after any kind of business they can get. What's your advice to them as they're building their brand in this industry? As they're, excuse me, as they're building their brand and they want to stay true to who they are. Well, you just answered the question, man. I mean, you have to be true to who you are. You know, I mean, everyone wants to be creative. And again, I'm not like super creative on, on my own. I have, I mean, it, it, it's, that's kind of a hard question. It's kind of, it's hard to answer that because I'm creative and then it naturally has evolved like with my team and like together we're super creative. But I think you just have to be honest, you have to be open, you have to ask questions, you have to, you know, service your client and make the experience fun. That's what I always say. Make it fun, make it easy. And that you listen, that's a challenge and, and I'm gonna plug comments to you. That's one of the challenges, you know, we were getting we got super busy and I think everyone was kind of getting tweaked out a little bit. And we were trying to create our own systems and this common skew is like, I am going to plug you. We're like, Oh my God, this is it. You know, it's no fun when everyone's getting tweaked out like internally and cause it, cause it ends up yeah. when, you know, your, your clients will start to fill it, but you, you, we're trying to make it easy on the clients which everyone needs to, everyone needs to do that. But going back to your question, you know, don't just try to sell a, a product, you know, just um, talk to them. You know, what are they trying to accomplish? Ask the questions. Who's your demographic? Hey, if your budget's, if your budget's $3, let's do the best $3 item possible. Let's not try to, let's not try to do a Bluetooth speaker. You know, um, let's not, let's don't take a $10 item and try to squeeze it into a $3 item. Let's do the best three dollar item and there is because you know you're and you hear it all the time yeah. but but you hear it all the time and you, you're it's associated you know you, you know the product's gonna be associated with your brand and it's and it's but the right. thing is yeah you're right. it's so crazy right. and it's what i call you know the obligatory giveaway like the trade show where i go you don't want to do the obligatory giveaway you know where you just feel like i got to put some crap out there that people take because i'm in a trade show and that's what i'm supposed to do I'm like no that's that's not you know, put less out there or, or hide it behind the booth and have a conversation. Put something in your back pocket. I think people overcomplicate this business. It's, it's not – it's fun. There's a lot of product. There's a, there's a lot of stuff you have to, to definitely filter out, you know, and that's hard for somebody like me with ADD. But, but, you know, filter the crap out, you know. Align yourself with good suppliers, good people. The supplier – man, the suppliers are great, man, and they do stuff for you. And it's a great business. It's a the great people in it and man i mean i love other you know other distributors i've talked to i feel like you know everyone tries to help everyone everyone's cool for the most part you know it's it's a great business man i love it i love it and so anybody if you're getting into it now and man it's it's a good business man and it's and it's here to stay you know i mean look hey dvr I'm skipping commercials all the time, man. I mean, I think, you know, and you see product placement now because of the DVR and people skipping commercials. You see it all the time. You know, what you watch the, the vo- not the voice, American Idol, whatever. You see them have Coca-Cola, you know, the, you know, that, that that's kind of, that, you know, 
that's the sign of the times, man, with the DVR and people skipping and, yeah. you know, the ad works. I hate, dude, yeah. I ad block everything. So I think, man, I mean, yeah. it, what do yeah. they call it? What do they call it? Physical advertising. I think well, there's one of the suppliers that calls it that. But, I, it, man, it's here to yeah. stay. But it, that promotion of products in the advertising world actually filters out the noise in itself. So I just think it's a good medium and many yeah. use stuff. I mean, I'm looking right now. It's not a mixed drink, but it's a water bottle. And it's got a logo on it. You know, you just, it's just, man, it's, it's a giveaway, man. It's fun. Have fun. Enjoy it. Do good, good, do good work. You know, have integrity. If you screw things up, fix it. It's not hard. <laughs> and if you want to quit, it. call me and I'll take your good clients and send your crappy clients to somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. This has been a pleasure, man. Thanks hey, for man, doing thank this. You. It's been an it's honor. awesome. And look forward to talking to you soon. All, All right, buddy. Take care. Later. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of Skewcast. Be sure to keep up with our latest content by subscribing to Skewcast on iTunes or to our blog at community.commonskew.com. Until next time, friends. Thanks so much for listening.